Hello, this is Nancy Sharon Collins, stationer and director of this ongoing series. We're here again in Sonic Canvas Studio with audio producer Steve Chisick. This is one of our incubator-style experimental readings from primary source material found along the way. Sometimes these develop into full productions, such as the letters of Stuart Butler last year. Others are discovered material from earlier readings. This is one example, repurposed from the June 2017 live event, the reading of Herman and Grimma family letters. Herman comes up in today's brief script. Today, I'll read excerpts from Michel Mousson's September 8th and 9th, 1849 letters to his father. Michel is writing from his home here in New Orleans, and Dad is in Paris. The letters are from the Degas and Mousson Family Papers, Manuscripts Collection 226, Louisiana Research Collection, Howard Tilton Library, Tulane University, New Orleans. Other letters in this collection will be referenced in the full programming podcast, March 25th, 2021, The Letters of Edgar Degas. You may have heard of him. Edgar was the nephew of this podcast's subject. I begin with a brief passage from the Michelle Mousson letters, then return for some background. Odile was his wife. I read as Michelle. Oh, my dear poor father, I tried to tell you, but I could not, and I confided the task to others who I knew would speak words of consolation which I had not to offer. For I tell you, Father, that I cannot but believe that our boy is the victim of the grossest example of blind ignorance. Say what they will. Had his malady not arrived, health, vigor, life, blooming life were in every pore of him, in every hair of his head. And that man in black coat and cravat with his namby-pamby milk and water chit-chat has allowed all treasury to be preyed upon by the merciless disease while he was economizing some light tisanes, two or three warm baths, a few injections of water and salt, a flax poultice on the feet, never was such a mistake so palpable. Michel writes of his son, Eugene Henri, nine years of age, whose illness and death are documented in these letters. I return. Our prayers, our tears, the memory of all we did for dear little Eugene before and after his death, the sight of our beloved girls, and the sympathy and consolations our kind relatives have imparted to Odile and myself, the fortitude to relate to you the whole of the incidents of this last cruel episode of our life. On the morning of Saturday, September 1st, Eugene complained of a headache, would have nothing but a cup of tea and laid on the sofa in the dining room. He had been taking some tisanes and had kept quiet all day without taking his lessons. Monday the 3rd, I went quite early to the post office after leaving him still asleep. He'd slept soundly the night before. When I later came to breakfast, I found him in bed, sitting on the chamber pot, which sister Matilda Amelie, who would have been eight at that time, was holding for him. The doctor had called. He prescribed about the same treatment, tisanes, and had said he would call again, as Eugene had a little fever. Sunday, the ladies found Eugene feverish and suffering of rheumatic pains in the right knee and little finger of the left hand. He could also not keep in his stomach the tisanes. I sent for Dr. Formento, who prescribed some other drink and syrup, an injection and a tepid bath, and said the boy required a vomiting, but could not take it unless his fever was over. 
He prescribed nothing else and adjourned to the next morning. We do not know who is Dr. Formento. We do know from historic documents and letters some common remedies and treatments for many illnesses back then. The following information is from our December 15, 2020, Incubator 4 reading, the 1796 epistolary letter of Joseph Xavier de Pontalba. I quote, American-trained doctors practiced heroic medicine, such as leeches, bloodletting, and mercury purges. French and Creole doctors and pharmacists favored gentler treatments, such as herbs, sachets, and tisanes. Tisanes are teas. Returning to our main character, Michel. Here's a little bit about him. His father, Germain Mousson, was a native of Saint-Domingue, a French colony until the Haitian Revolution toppled French and white supremacy. Freed enslaved peoples and empowered people of color. Germain, identifying as white, fled. He migrated to New Orleans in 1804, married a prominent member of the Creole community here, and made a fortune in Louisiana cotton and Mexican silver. After his wife died, 1819, he moved his children to France. There they lived next door to a young French Neapolitan banker, Auguste Degas. Auguste and Michel's sister, Celestine, fell in love. They married, prospered, had seven kids. When Celestine was 20, she had her first the artist Hilier Germain Edgar Degas. Over time, Degas' uncle Michel returned to New Orleans and created a New World fortune in cotton and insurance, and headed the local post office for a while. Our letters find Michel in grief and at the height of his antebellum fortune. Again, I read as Michel. On Tuesday 4th, the doctor was told of the bad night which his patient had passed. He was shown the right leg, which was motionless and so painful that the boy could not stand on it nor bear any touch to it. He saw the little finger and left hand that had swollen. He found the pulse quite uneven, the skin dry, the mouth and lips full of blisters, his tongue red as fire. He was told that the boy had wet the bed during the night without being conscious of it. And yet the doctor added nothing new to his treatment except flaxseed poultice on the feet and some camphor ointment for the knee and to his hand and adjourned his next call to the evening. During the night, the boy was very agitated and talked loud and at random. The doctor had told us not to be frightened by the delirium. We therefore attributed the increasing effect of it to the influence of the night. We expected every moment to see the good result therefore and to see our boy fall asleep. We did not send for the doctor, but we determined that in if the morning... The doctor did not resort to some more energetic treatment after the recital to him of the night's incidents. Then I would call for a consultation. Eugene's illness was likely due to the third cholera pandemic, 1846 to 1860. In its worst year, three to 10,000 people died in New Orleans alone, possibly one-tenth of the population in 1850. Historic statistics are, uh, how you say, murky, but allude to grim truths. We return to Eugene's bedside with potions and remedies of the day. There is reference to Lambert, a doctor married to the daughter of our family friend Samuel Hermann, and Renaud, a son or relative of Jean-Louis Renaud, cotton broker and likely a business and personal friend to Michel. 
Unfortunately, Valetti and another doctor, Browning, have not yet been identified. Nevertheless, I continue. He continued to know me and hear and understand what I told him until nearly 3.30 in the morning. He then lost his sense entirely. I could hardly get him to swallow some water or receive a piece of ice in his mouth. The doctor was wired and all was related to him. He called the disease rheumatic fever inflammation and prescribed 15 leeches. I told him I thought 20 was not too much. He relented. It was 7.30 before leeches could be got. They're scarce now and not of the best quality. We applied three on the left hand and the other 17 leeches were applied to the stomach. At 9.30, we became so alarmed at the want of good effect of the leeches that I begged Lambert and Valetti to come, which they did, and ordered 20 grams of calomel in four hourly doses and 20 leeches to the feet, four at a time. Calomel is a preparation of mercury. Still, the heat was extreme at the back of his head and on the forehead. His eyes were getting more closed and bedimmed, and his breathing labored. The doctors came. After some ceremonies of etiquette, very misplaced, I think, at this precious moment, they examined their patient, said little, did nothing, and fixed another meeting at nine. Then a Dr. Brown came, and they resorted to cold water showers and allowed the water to run in the eyes wide open of my poor little boy. When I expostulated, he answered, it mattered not, which made me mad, and I stopped the cruel practice, this, this shower bath. We placed the child back in his bed and continued to make him swallow a bit of cold water. We tried to refresh his burning head and mouth, but the pulsations of his poor little heart were most rapid. His eyes were getting more glassy and his teeth gnashed. Odile asked for her daughters and our sweet girls were brought. They knew and understood their and our misfortune. Raynaud and I said the prayers of the dying and the dead when they were over and our child was a corpse, I do not exactly remember what we said or did. I only remember that Odile told Dr. Fermento, Doctor, you let my child die, and fell on her back in the bed. She exclaimed also, God gave him to me. God has taken him back. His holy will be done. Which I repeated with her, but could not help feeling and saying, no, it's not just. We do not deserve this. According to COVID-19 data used in the January 20, 2021 article in wallstreet.com's 24-7, in the New Orleans Metairie metropolitan area, a total of 2,376 deaths have been attributed to covid this is equal to 188 fatalities for every 100,000. Graham statistics for sure by today's standards, to date this pandemic has killed more United States citizens than any war our country has ever seen. Although sometimes it feels as if our higher medical powers are no more informed than the doctors in this sad story. I observe that, putting numbers and pandemics into context, we should be grateful that today we do not rely on tisanes, mercury, and leeches, and that our chances for survival are better than little Eugene's in 1849. 
Stay tuned, March 25 at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time for the podcast reading, Letters of Edgar Degas Surrounding His Four-Month Stay Here in Reconstruction-Era New Orleans. For more about the Edgar Degas letters, Letters Read, and to donate, go to lettersread.net. Thank you.